I'm VJ Hamilton and welcome to the Autoimmune Reset, the place for you to learn how to thrive with autoimmune disease and feel empowered to take steps to transform your health to feel better than ever. You can start making changes today to improve your health. So with every episode, my mission is to share with you simple ways to up-level your diet and lifestyle with key learnings from my own journey reversing autoimmune disease and inspirational stories from those who have reset their autoimmune symptoms and are now thriving in life. I suffered from autoimmune disease for over 25 years and now I live symptom-free and I wish the same for you as well. So thank you for being here and sharing this time with me. Now let's get started. Hello, and today we are going to be focusing on small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is often referred to as SIBO, and its relationship with autoimmune disease, because research now suggests that SIBO may be an autoimmune disease in and of itself, but it does have many causes. So just because you have SIBO, it doesn't mean that that is an autoimmune response. Now, I see a lot of clients who will come to me normally with a diagnosed autoimmune disease or uh, lots of systemic inflammatory symptoms such as sore joints, they have skin rashes, hair loss and fatigue. The majority of my clients will also have some issues with their gut health as well and there are many ways that impaired gut function can show up. You may have a lot of cramping, you may have diarrhea, you might have constipation, you may feel an urgency to go, you might have heartburn But with SIBO, you would ordinarily have a lot of bloating after meals. So when you're eating food, you find that you bloat one or two hours afterwards. And I find a lot of my clients will say that in the morning, they feel absolutely fine. They put the jeans on or the trousers on. And up until lunchtime, there's no issue. And then it's after lunch that they suddenly feel their trousers getting tighter and tighter and have to almost relieve themselves and get home into their comfy clothes because by the end of the day, they are very bloated and that can be a sign of SIBO. Now, let's start with what can cause SIBO. And one of the most common causes is something called dysbiosis or dysbiosis of the gut. And dysbiosis of the gut microbiome is when there is either a decrease in microbial diversity and an increase in pro-inflammatory bacterial species. So you may have heard of beneficial bacteria and when you don't have enough variety in the bacteria that you have in the gut you can end up with dysbiosis but what I am more commonly seeing with my clients is that they have an overgrowth of lots of different bacteria in the gut which is causing their digestive system to be imbalanced and as a result of that that can trigger inflammation it can cause leaky gut syndrome which is where you have increased intestinal permeability and that is linked to autoimmune disease so when your gut is compromised and you have larger gaps in the digestive system wall, which means that you end up letting in bacteria, viruses, unbroken down food particles and toxins, um, such as lipopolysaccharide, and that can create an inflammatory response all over the body. And that's why 
Just because you don't have digestive symptoms doesn't always mean that you don't have an issue with your gut because even when you have sore joints or issues with your skin, that can be a direct response to something that is going on in the gut. That's dysbiosis. So we know there's this imbalance of bacteria and it's you're having a buildup of unhelpful bacteria or bacteria that doesn't belong in the gut. In autoimmune disease, I see a lot of Klebsiella, Streptococcus, Staphylococcus. So lots of bacteria that really shouldn't be there. And they can cause a bit of havoc when they're in the gut. And as I said, they can leak into the bloodstream and cause an issue with the immune system. And that can lead to autoimmune disease. But when we're thinking about SIBO, the reason that dysbiosis can cause this small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is that in SIBO, what can happen is that the ileocecal valve, which is the sphincter between the small intestine and the colon, can become relaxed. And as a result of that, bacteria that should be in the colon end up in the small intestine. And that's not re- that's not where they should be. And to be beneficial for your health, they should be in the right place. Sometimes with SIBO, it can be that you have an overgrowth of a beneficial bacteria and it's been able to get into the small intestine. One, because the ileocecal valve is not operating properly. It can be from digestion and having low stomach acid. And there are lots of different reasons, which we'll talk about a few of the reasons that that might happen. But when that happens, you have bacteria in the small intestine. What's bacteria do in general is when we eat foods such as oligosaccharides, so the carbohydrates that we often find, the sugars that we often find in carbohydrates, so the oligosaccharides, the disaccharides, the monosaccharides and the polyols. Now these are food for bacteria which when they're in the right place can be helpful but when they are lodged in the small intestine what can happen is this unbroken down food is feeding that bacteria and as a result gases are given off and you can do a breath test to find out if you do have these gases present. I do offer that in my clinic and that is one way to test for SIBO to see if this is an issue for you. So if you are getting a lot of bloating after eating it might be something to explore. I certainly prefer doing a stool test first before doing a SIBO test because it's going to give you an idea if, if you have an overgrowth of the bacteria that often give off these gases. But some people like to go straight in and do the breath test, which is absolutely fine. But I do like to do that stool test first. And again, I do offer that in my clinic. And I would say probably 70% of my clients do that stool test because we get such great insight into what is going on in their body. And there's just so much that you can action from that stool test, which is great. When we're looking at SIBO, one of the functions in the body, which is particularly important, is called the migrating motor complex. And this happens after you have eaten food. So it happens about two to three hours after eating. And what the small intestine does is it really kind of cleans everything up. So once you've eaten the food, you've digested the food, obviously there will be bacteria on that food. And what the small intestine does through this migrating motor complex, 
let's call it MMC, it really helps to clean up the small intestine. So even if there is some bacteria there, this whole process can help wash that away down back into the colon so you don't have an issue like SIBO. Now, as I said, that happens two to three hours after eating. If you are not leaving it two to three hours between meals, and I would say if you're bloating, that's at a minimum, you can extend that to say four or five hours and and maybe incorporate some form of intermittent fasting to help. And that's just really going to help encourage this process to work in your body. Now, there are some other things that you can do to help the MMC process in the small intestine. And I often advise my clients around this, especially when they are having symptoms of bloating after meals, because there are various things that you can do to help. One is by chewing your food, making sure that you are actually chewing every bite of food that you eat. And the recommendation is to chew your food 30 times. Now, I have to say I'm pretty guilty of not always doing this. I have to really think about it to chew my food 30 times. And what can often happen with me and my husband is if I'm not thinking about it, we'll sit down and eat our meal and I'll have finished in five minutes and he is still chewing 30 minutes later. He just, it comes to him intuitively to to eat that way. (laughs) It doesn't so much for me, but really be thinking about, I mean, digestion starts in the mouth and it has some really important enzymes in the saliva which help break down the food. So really making sure that you're chewing your food and it it gives your stomach a, a head start in the digestion process. So chew your food as best as you can and that's going to help with the migrating motor complex. The other thing that you can do is some pre-meal breathing because breathing can really help to encourage this. Think about where your diaphragm is and where your small intestines is and really strengthening that area with deep breathing exercises. I mean, I started singing again and singing lessons and I'm amazed at how important breathing is in so many different things. I do a lot of it in Pilates, but when I'm doing the breath work for singing, wow, you really do start to breathe very deeply and that's going to help with the migrating motor complex and help get those bacteria in the right place. Think about how you are eating and where you are eating. You may have heard this before, but mindful eating is really important. Being there with your meal and thinking about each bite of food, how does it taste? Um, As I said, chewing 30 times, but sitting down in a relaxed and calm state. You could perhaps do some deep breathing or some gratitude practice before eating your meal. Getting into that very calm state and then really mindfully eating. And if you can, have no distraction around you when you are eating. Yes, of course, if you're all sat around the table as a family or with your partner, then that's a really lovely way to enjoy your food. Uh, But try not to be looking at a screen. Even if that sounds like quite a reach for you at the moment, just try and do that with one meal a day and it will make a big difference. And the other thing that you can do with to help encourage the migrating motor complex is, as I said, meal spacing, bringing in some intermittent fasting. And then you can also add some therapeutic herbs to your diet, which have been shown to help this process. So Swedish bitters, bitter greens, 
ginger that I absolutely love and fennel seeds can also be helpful in this process. If you're not doing all those things at the moment with your digestion, then pick one, start doing it and then build on it each week. So you're really making the most of every bite of food. We can go out, we can buy all the supplements, we can buy all the delicious healthy food, we can make it and then we can almost be taking a step back by not going through that proper process when we're actually eating it. That is something to think about and that can help with SIBO if that is one of the issues and one of the causes of your SIBO. Now the interesting thing about the migrating motor complex is that it operates through um, an electromechanical activity and is stimulated by the interstitial cells of Cajal and it's spelt K-A-J-A-L and it's a Spanish word so it's it's pronounced Cajal which are like the peacemaker cells of the small intestine and they really help with this sweeping action in the small intestine so that cleaning action that cleaning the dishes as they say um, in the small intestine and when that is injured, which can happen if you've had any surgery through things called adhesions. So if you do have any adhesions or injury around that area, then that can affect those peacemaker cells. But interestingly, they have now discovered that the interstitial cells of Cahal can be targeted as part of an autoimmune response in the body and I do run a panel through Cyrex Laboratories which looks at whether you have autoantibodies for this because if you do have antibodies that are attacking these cells in the small intestine then your migrating motor complex will not be working efficiently and that's regardless of anything else you're doing so you might be doing all the things for your bloating But if you do know that it's an autoimmune response, then your approach to resolving the issue might be different than the standard approach to SIBO. This autoimmune response, as you may be aware or maybe not, with autoimmune disease, there is a theory, it's called molecular mimicry. And it's the theory that when we ingest a food particle, just say we ingest some dairy, some milk, and that food particle has ABC on it. And we ingest that, this is just an example, but we ingest that and that goes into our bloodstream. And our immune system sees that ABC and reacts against it. Where this molecular mimicry happens is that that ABC pattern on the dairy molecule, which your immune system has already fired up against, is also on, say, a thyroid gland. And then your immune system starts to target your thyroid gland as well as the dairy particle. And every time you eat dairy, it is doing that response. So it's responding to the, your immune system is responding to the dairy and it's attacking your thyroid. And that's why people with food sensitivities find that when they take out certain foods from the diet, the immune system stops responding in this way. In the SIBO that might be caused by an autoimmune disease, they have found that those who have had food poisoning or traveller's diarrhoea may be more at risk of developing an autoimmune response to those peacemaker cells that help the migrating motor complex. And that is because they have found that the patterns on the infections that cause food poisoning have a similar pattern to those on those cells in the small intestine. 
And as a result, if you are genetically susceptible and, and may have other contributing factors, that when you are exposed to that food poisoning infection, your inflammatory response then starts to target those cells in the gut. Now, as I said, I do run a test that will be able to determine whether you have those autoantibodies present, and that may help with your approach to SIBO. It is always best to work with a nutritional therapist or functional medicine practitioner to help guide you through this if you think it might be a problem for you, because there is a lot of complexity here. I find people that do suffer with bloating have suffered with it for a long time and they have tried many things including the low FODMAP diet by taking out those foods that can create the gas in the first place and that is a very restrictive diet and when people have been on it for a long period of time it becomes harder to reintroduce those foods and also it can create a lot of anxiety over the food that you're eating which is why I don't think you should do any type of elimination diet for a long period of time it's really best to find out what the root of the issue is and address that heal from that and then bring in as many foods as possible And that's why with my clients, sometimes we might start with a food sensitivity test to see what autoantibodies are present. But that certainly isn't a lifelong elimination of those foods. If there is some food sensitivities identified, then it's understanding why they're there and why somebody is responding to them in that way. And it can often be due to imbalances in the gut or dysfunction at the cellular level or by having a high infection load, either viral or bacterial, you do find that people can build a solid foundation so they are more tolerant when they do become ill or they do eat lots of different foods, even inflammatory foods, but they're able to handle them better because they've just got a stronger foundation to build upon. If you are suffering with bloating and you would like to explore what the cause might be of your bloating, then I do think either a stool test or a SIBO breath test is the best place to start. And then from there, you can really work on what might be the issue, whether it's dysbiosis. And then when you have tried a few different therapies, if nothing seems to be working, it might be worth looking at this autoimmunity piece, especially if you had food poisoning or traveler's diarrhea before the the bloating started because that's as I said the often the trigger for the autoimmune disease to arise in your body. We have gone into quite a lot of the complexities today about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth but as you will see even when two people are presenting with the same symptoms such as bloating there can be so many different causes to that and it really is vital for you to find out what the root cause of your condition is because that is the way that you are going to be able to rebuild your health and have sustained good or or let's just say optimal health for the long term and that's where we would all like to be. I spent eight years rebuilding my health being symptom free but I keep building upon that and I had autoimmune disease for 25 years before that all I was doing was putting a plaster over my symptoms for a large part of that it was when I started 
investigating what the root cause of my conditions were that I started to see real progress and I feel great now and I also feel that if I do eat something that might not be that great for me or if I do get ill I recover so much quicker now and that's what I would like for you as well for you to get to a point that you have rebuilt a really strong body so you have so much more tolerance for these environmental toxins that we come across daily And by rebalancing your gut, by improving your digestive function can be such a powerful way to regain your health. So if you have any questions, feel free to pop over to my Instagram page at the Autoimmunity Nutritionist and you can ask me a question there. And if you're not already part of my Facebook group, the Autoimmunity Community, then I would love to see you over there. We're a group of strong-willed people with autoimmune disease learning to thrive in life. If not, have a fantastic week and I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Autoimmune Reset. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you liked it, I would hugely appreciate a review on iTunes as it helps me understand what you like about the podcast and to help share the information with more people. I'm excited to speak to you next time. And remember, you have the power to take the reins on your health. So keep the faith and celebrate the small wins. Until next time.